The following episode contains a promise to CNN. I've been in conservative politics for a couple decades. I worked in DC at the RNC. I've been a conservative radio host for about a decade, had a market dominant radio show in Seattle, filled in for the greatest talk show host. If you'd like a less subjective phrase, the most listened to talk show host in history for about eight years, Rush Limbaugh, God rest him. I'd speak consistently with conservatives. And you say you, a media company, want a second chance with Republicans. I promise you, bring me to CNN HQ, just cover travel, I'll consult for free, and I will show you the huge gap that exists between what you think you want, which is the second chance with us, and what you really want. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Just, uh, man, it's so cool when you get notes from friends, and they're talking about partners of the show. A friend of mine, Ben, just sent me a note saying, hey, did you know Bonefrog has wine? They do. I don't drink wine. I don't drink. But yeah, they do. Bonefrog coffee, though. I'm drinking some now, and it's my afternoon dose, bonefrog.us. It's the first time I've enjoyed coffee because of the taste, bonefrog.us. The new boss of CNN has been making uh, trips to D.C. and hanging out in the Capitol. And it's sort of an apology tour. The Free Beacon has written about this, that this guy is going into uh, Washington, D.C., hanging out in hopes of having the shiny shoes come by and talk to them. His name is Chris Licht. He's the new CEO of CNN. Uh, His wife, by the way, is a Democrat activist. You know, worked for Obama. Pretty balanced. Uh, He worked in Hollywood for shows like, uh, I just can't say it without laughing, Stephen Colbert. He's so funny, you know? (sighs) He's so funny. Pardon me while I yawn. So in hanging out, he's hoping to attract Republican office holders, shiny shoes, to come back onto CNN. Because you know and I know Hey, if they're getting Mitch McConnell on, oh, baby, that's TV I need to see. Or Kevin McCarthy? Huh. I'll walk over acid-dripping nails. I'll swim through seas filled of with, with homicidal crocodiles to watch Kevin McCarthy on CNN. This is not going to work, and we all know it's not going to work because CNN can't actually understand us. So here's, I was being snarky in the opening. This is a legitimate promise. If CNN's actually interested in attracting conservatives, I want the same thing. 
I, I want them to be able to do that. I want CNN to be able to be balanced. I would love it if we had a truly balanced TV network and I would be willing to do what I can for free so long as I don't have to take money out of my pocket. So if they front travel costs and send me back there, I am certain that we could go through a couple of things together. In fact, just the first day, Chris Lucht and I, here's how I would work this. Chris Lucht and I would sit down for the first day and hang out in his office and we would watch CNN together um, and, and pause it and discuss. And so that he could see this through the eyes of conservatives and understand you could bring all the shiny shoes you want on, Chris. You're not going to win conservatives. Um, and by the way, most Republicans who consume media are conservative. The, the, you know, Republicans who vote here or there who like the shiny shoes, they're, they're just late, late, you know, late minute voters, last minute they casually tip their toe in the water of voting and they just trust the R and, and, but the engaged Republicans are conservative. Let's, let's start with that fact. So we would sit and we would watch together. We might do things like this. I might say to him as we have bone frog coffee, because I'll bring some to New York and Chris and I might in his office, I might say, Chris, do you remember that big, big week you spent on Cassidy Hutchison? You remember Cassidy Hutchison? She's the young woman who said that President Trump, um, a man in his 70s, decided to attempt to hand fight a Secret Service agent, probably in his 30s or 40s, highly trained, highly physical, to seize control over um, this, the beast, which we should never call a car, the beast. And it turns out that President Trump actually wasn't in the beast. Then it turned out that the Secret Service said, no, President Trump did not attempt to seize the steering wheel. Now we have this report. Cassidy Hutchison, and this is in businessinsider.com, Cassidy Hutchison kept working for Donald Trump nine weeks after he left the White House. And this, this is according to government records. Now, if you believe someone caused an insurrection... You believe a man attempted to seize the steering wheel of the beast away from a Secret Service agent in order to seize the car and drive over to the Capitol and demand that, that people can, you know, uh, now more people riot and that more people break things and you're going to keep working for that guy? Well, one of two things can be true. She believes what she said on the stands or... She knows what she says on the stand uh, in order to keep herself out of trouble with Liz Cheney. So I might say to Chris Luck at CNN, what are you doing to go back to your coverage of, 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 of Cassidy Hutchinson and point out what you had wrong or what she had wrong? Are you going to have an equal focus on this than you did the last time? Because I can tell you, and I would say, don't ask your editorial team. Don't ask them now. Let's us sit together with a whiteboard in your office and let's go through story after story and let me show you a conservative view of this. A conservative view of this is, okay, are we going to hear about Cassidy Hutchinson's continuing to work for President Trump? Put that up on the whiteboard. Don't tell your team, don't let your team see this. Let's look at what they do with the news. Let's you and I together do the news. Now, if you want to come in and have, you know, other angles of this, fine. Bring, bring the Secret Service people on who say this happened. Great. 
because conservatives are grown up enough people to hear both points of view. But what we're not going to continue to do is pretend that CNN has become anything other than propaganda. Or or we would take a look at this piece. They sent a reporter to um, to Wyoming. And this is a problem endemic to media to begin with. They have to send people to America. Because they live in, I mean, media in New York is, I'm thinking here, I want to be, I want to be as accurate as I can. You can walk to every major media outlet in New York. I'm thinking of CBS, ABC, CNN, NBC, MSNBC's 30 Rock. You could walk to each of their offices and touch the door. Depending on what kind of shape you're in, you could do that in an hour and a half. If you're, if you're in decent shape. That means that you can see them in the same restaurants. The reporters um, live in roughly the same place. The producers might not live in as nice a place, but they live roughly the same place. They attend the same nightclubs. They go to dinner at the same restaurants. They ride the same trains. They have the same friends. They hear the same conversations. They're pod people. When you have to send your reporters to the rest of America, every time you report, you cannot possibly know America. Every time your reporters go on the road, they're leaving home. They're leaving what's familiar. So as Chris and I sit in his office and we watch reports like this from CNN, where they sent this woman to Wyoming looking for Liz Cheney supporters, I will be saying to him, when are you going to come and live in America for a couple of years? Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Um, personally, I think she said for three too many. Keep in mind, in 2020, Donald Trump won about 70% of the vote in Wyoming. So Liz Cheney's work on the January 6th investigation isn't playing so well with many Wyoming voters. She's done us dirty. How so? Oh, God. Look at how she's done Trump. I'm a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. How do you feel about her work on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. Has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the Constitution. Me. If that was the rule of law, why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? That ain't the rule of law. That's a kangaroo court. That's not the Wyoming way. She has been an embarrassment. It's a witch hunt. Are you proud of her for taking on Donald Trump? No. Here in Cheyenne, more than 1,600 miles from Washington, D.C., almost everyone we spoke with told us they believe Liz Cheney is too focused on Donald Trump and the January 6th committee and not paying enough attention to what they believe matters to the people here in Wyoming. So if I was sitting with the CNN boss, Chris Luck, I'd say, Chris, 
on the meta picture, you don't have any reporters who live in America. You have reporters who live in one zip code and see each other all weekend in clubs. You don't have any reporters. And please don't come and say you have CNN associates. Please don't tell me that you have, you know, network, you know, reporters from local CNN sponsored stations. That's not the same thing because that stuff comes back to New York. The editorial decisions are made here. It's like the AP. The AP will tell you, oh, no, no, we're a broadly distributed news organization. We work with newspapers all around the country. Right. But what gets into the AP news mainstream, the big fire hose of AP goes straight through New York. And in fact, you can walk to the AP in Hell's Kitchen and probably, yeah, that's probably the furthest one out. You could walk from 30 Rock to Hell's Kitchen, but it might take you an hour. So add that, it's two and a half hours. You could get to every single, this is walking in a, in a, in a train. You could get to each of these offices in, in 15 minutes. So I would say that to him, but I'd say there's something else in that piece. Chris, I would say to him, Chris, do you know the word that caught my attention in that? There's a word your reporter spoke, which communicates the difference between the conservative view of this and the, 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 and I'll just say it this way, the view of CNN, because there is the view of CNN. It's the word investigation. Chris, and I would ask him, Chris, why do you think we don't see this as an investigation? One of the gentlemen in the piece, and by the way, they did find two people who apparently supported Cheney or they, or they manufactured him because CNN does that too. They manufacture news. We know that. So I'd say, Chris, the word investigation, what does that mean? Does Trump have a defense team? Are they able to bring to the table exculpatory evidence? Will Cassidy Hutchison be brought back? And asked, hey, wait a minute. You hugged Liz Cheney after this, and Liz Cheney hugged you, and yet now we're finding out that you worked for President Trump for nine weeks after January 6th? Why did you say that? Oh, by the way, we find out that the, the Secret Service denies your statement. Do you have any proof that President Trump reached for the steering wheel? Or was that hearsay? Oh, that's right, it's hearsay. I'd say, Chris, boss man, CNN, that's not an investigation. An investigation takes everything into account. And before people say, because I can kind of hear the audience saying, well, that's all well and good that you can have this fantasy, but that's not going to change anything. It does change things. I, I've done this in a small sense. When I had my company spin spotter, I went to newsrooms. I went to journalism colleges. I showed them in very simple ways, here's what we pick up as spin. And it was super simple sometimes. It would be things like this. And I'll give you a, an example of this. We were at an, awards, um, at an award function. We were nominated for an award and in fact, indeed, won this award called the Demo God Award. And it is, you demonstrate your technology and it was the death knell of our company because the tech was... The, the tech was better than what could be done with social media at the time. And, and in, in any case, it was, it was kind of oh, about 20 years ahead of its time. 
But the tech intelligentsia loved it. So Walt Mossberg is a tech legend, a tech reporting legend. And Mossberg was coming over to our booth. And I don't remember if it was our PR lady who turned out to be a vicious, vicious, vicious liberal woman. Uh, and at the time, she knew I was conservative, but America hadn't yet gotten into this, this cold civil war. And she was very good at her job, incidentally. She came to me, I think it was her, and she came to me and the guy that I brought on as CEO, dear friend of mine. And she said, Walt Mossberg is coming over. So let's have some stuff to show him. I said, okay, I've never met Walt. I've, I've met Kara Swisher. I've met a lot of the other intelligentsia. I've not met Walt Mossberg. And she goes, okay, Walt is super gruff. Uh, Walt is no nonsense. Uh, if Walt doesn't like what you're doing, he's going to look you in the eye and say, this is garbage. Uh, if Walt likes what you're doing, he's going to tell you that. So just be ready to go. So I certainly knew what Walt Mossberg looked like. I've seen him on the Microsoft campus. I've been at events where Walt had spoken. So Walt walks up and he comes to me because I did the main presentation. And he uh, uh, extends his hands and says, of course, I'm Walt Mossberg. I said, thank you for telling me that. Of course, Mr. Mossberg, we know who you are. Uh, welcome to Spin Spot. He goes, okay, show me spin and understand this. I don't buy it. This is, I mean, this is truly the conversation. He goes, show me spin, but understand I don't buy it. I said, okay, let's go to the journal. Because you're going to show me spin in my own publication? Yeah, let's go to the journal. So we went to the Wall Street Journal pages and we had our little plug-in on the browser and go through some articles. And frankly, I knew we had some articles marked up. He goes, stop, 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 stop. What's spin about this? I said, Walt, it says here, according to experts, and if you go through this entire article, it quotes experts. It never gives their credentials. It never says who they are. It never says at what they're expert. But the entire article hinges upon the opinion of people we don't get to meet. And Walt, I affirm, and you probably and I both agree as we read this article, you and I both know people we could regard as experts who could look at this and say, no, I disagree. And he said, wait, there's got to be names in here. And he went through and he read the article in front of me. And I'm sweating, like maybe he'll find names. He turns and goes, you're right. Wow, this is sloppy. This is awful. I can't believe this is in the journal. I said, he goes, this is spin. He goes, okay, okay. I, look, this is promising. I like this. He goes, here's the problem. I think it's too smart for people. I think that most people don't care. I think most people chase their desires in media. But this is smart. He goes, I'd like, I'd like writers to have this. I would like newsrooms to have this. I'd like you to, you know, see if you could turn this into a pro set for the newsrooms. Now, he had that response. The guy who ran the AP said of our technology, oh, this is just a phrase checker. Well, in version 1.0, yeah, it was. But version 2.0, when we started to apply machine learning to it, et cetera, and social to it, it was going to be far from just a phrase checker. It was going to give people, in fact, already did give people the ability to rewrite a news article to de-spin it. My, I, I've done this in the New York Times offices. I watched the New York Times business reporter make a phone call to colleagues saying, we need to change this. And it was a thing where he sat down with me 
and said, show me spin, show me spin in our paper. I challenge you. I said, okay. And I went through and I showed him spin and he goes, I'll, I'll tell you the details. My point about all this is if CNN is honest, honestly wants Republicans back, if Chris Luck wants him back, conservatives bring me back there, pay my travel expenses. That's it. You don't need this pay me anything for consulting and do it secretly. You don't want me, you don't want me to get publicity out of it. Fine. I would love to see an actual balanced TV network. I'd love it. I'll tell you about this thing and, and how it happened with the uh, New York Times reporter. We'll get back then to CNN. Oh, I am so thrilled. Uh, I don't know if you heard this yesterday, but we had my friend uh, Gianna Jessen on. And Gianna survived an abortion. In fact, she her bio says, I was born in an abortion clinic. And, oh, I was so looking forward to this. So we talked about Alan's Artisan Soaps with Gianna. And her response was just phenomenal. She and I were looking eye to eye. And when I began to talk about it, she leaned into the camera and then she actually during, and I'll have to grab this and we'll just, I'll run it again. But she actually said, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. See, there's a, there is a spiritual bridge, well, between all of us Christians and specifically between Gianna and young Alan. Gianna survived an abortion Somehow or another, the Lord saw her through her body being burned by saline, her inhaling it. The fact that she can speak, let alone sing, is a miracle. Well, the fact that Alan lives is not just a miracle. It's also the result of faith-based parents who said, no, we will not take the life of our son. We will steward our son. Gianna's life is one of creativity. Uh, She is a singer. She's a speaker. She's a writer. She's a change agent. She's a lifesaver. In the case of young Alan, he's 12 years old. His life is just getting rolling, but he's become an entrepreneur. He knows what it is to work every single day at his soap company. He knows what it is to invent. He knows what it is to have sense of soaps that don't work. But come out of the R&D lab and it's not good. He knows what it is for people to have their favorite Allen soaps. He knows what it is to spend all night repacking something. He knows what it is to find out that part of the shipment, well, got a little bit ruined. And so they have to sell it as a discount. Nothing wrong with the soap. It's just broken. He knows all these things. But the party would have had him aborted. We don't just support the soap because it's fantastic soap. But because it be, we support it because it speaks for the sanctity of all life. I'll just make it very, very simple. When you go to allensoaps.com, that's A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. Use my name, T-O-D-D, allensoaps.com slash Todd. You get 10% off everything. I suggest the Herminator subscription plan so you get the soap before you need it every month and know what you're betting on. You're betting on people like Gianna. You're betting on people like Alan. You're betting on parents and adoptive parents who say, no, We will not take life. In any case, I sat down with this uh, very senior um, New York Times business reporter in the Times. I showed him an article about Sarah Palin and they were calling it uh, Troopergate. And Troopergate was highlighted as spin. And this reporter said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody uses gate. Why are we getting called out for spin on it? I said, click on it. 
you, you see. So he took his um, mouse. I think he still had a mouse at the time or maybe not. But anyways, he clicked on the word trooper gate and our tool popped up the reason it was spin. He read it. It linked back to an Alaska paper. This had originally been called taser gate. And he read this. He said, wait a minute. This cop tased a kid? I said, yes. That's the reason Sarah Palin went after him. He used his police-issued taser on a child. And he, he pushed. The body language was pristine. He pushed the computer away from him and he crossed his arms. He said, I've never heard this. I said, I know. He said, will you forgive me for a second? That man called the news desk and he was a senior dude. And he called the news desk. He said, hey, I am sitting here right now with a technologist from the West Coast. Why are we calling this trooper gate? And I couldn't hear what the other person said. He goes, no, no, you need to understand. This is, this is, this is awful for us. This was called taser gate. And then he looked at me and he said, were we the first to use trooper gate? I said, to our knowledge, you were the first to call it trooper gate. He was stunned. I believe if CNN's boss, Chris Luck, brings me back, you're going to be stunned, Chris. And I'll give you another example. This is an article that is very big right now in leftist think, thinking land. They're getting from Business Insider. Headline, Republicans' next big play is to scare the hell out of Washington by rewriting the Constitution, and they're willing to play the long game to win. So... I might one day say to Chris Luck, the boss man of CNN, the, 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 the CEO, I might hand him this article and say, hey, for tomorrow's homework, read this and come in and see if you can tell me the conservative point of view on this. And then let's talk about CNN's role in this. And if he did that and he read this article and came back and we had the discussion, I would say every single one of your shows talked about the Supreme Court doing away with a constitutional right to abortion. Every one of your shows called it that. Chris, I will ask you, find me the part of the Constitution that contains abortion. Find it for me. And if you want to debate that, that's fine, but it was not in the Constitution. It was placed into life, or death, I should say, by a court. It was invented by a court. What are we talking about here that has panicked the left? Republicans intend to use the constitutional amendment process. And this is prescribed in the constitution. This is a process of getting the states together. It's the convention of the states. It's prescribed as a constitutional remedy when the government has gone off the rails. It's a, the, the founders foresaw this. They did have fear of a runaway a judiciary, of a runaway executive. That's why the checks and balances. So Chris, I would say to the CNN boss, listen to this quote from this article from Business Insider. If they were successful, a constitutional convention led by conservatives could trigger sweeping change to the Constitution. Their goals include gutting federal environmental standards, nixing nationwide education requirements and creating an incredibly high threshold for Washington, D.C. or a territory to earn statehood. 
Some would make it difficult, if not impossible, for someone, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Tony Fauci, for example, to work for decades within the federal government. And I would look at the boss at CNN and say, exactly. Here's here's the conservative view. Yes, of course. It limits the power of the federal government, but the federal government is not entitled to these powers. It doesn't limit them from the states. Chris, your home state of New York can still do all these things. Our view on this is why would you not want, why would you want a permanent bureaucracy? Why would you want bureaucrats be able to make rules whenever they see fit? That's what was the problem with Roe versus Wade. Anything a court invents, another court can uninvent. Does anyone in your newsroom see it from this point of view? Anybody see it from this point of view? Another example. I would eventually invite Chris, the boss man of CNN, and this time, Chris, I will pay. We'll have you out. I would bring you to the um, the freer country, the high mountains of free America. So I would bring you here. And I would ask you to plan to spend at least a week, but eventually I want you to get a home here. I want it to be your home. Now, I'm not going to pay for that. You've got more money than I do. But I want you to come and live here. And by the way, I don't want you to live up on three tree point in the $3 million homes. Pick up something for 800 grand. Put a cap on it. Come and live nice, but not huge. And the other question I'd make for you is to live in old Idaho. Don't live in new Idaho with all the new homes and all the new architecture. I'll show you where. So come and live. But the first step for me would be, Chris, you and I are going to go hang out at, at these places. You're going to come with church, to me with ch- a church. You're going to come to and eat breakfast with me with friends. And you're going to come to my gun range. We're going to go to a gun range down the, uh, down the mountain from my house. And I haven't been shooting enough and you've probably never been shooting and we're going to go shooting together and we're going to make this activities that we undertake every week together. And eventually, Chris, we're going to find some commonalities. Eventually, Chris, we're going to break down some barriers. Eventually, Chris, we're going to find ways to like one another. Eventually, Chris, you're going to see some aspects of my friends that are going to change your mind about who Republicans are and who conservatives are. And we'll have political discussions. But prior to telling them who you are, I just want you to be Chris who moved in from New York. I just want you to be someone I knew from the olden days. I don't want to reveal that you're the boss man of CNN at all because I don't want anybody, anybody twisted. I want you to experience folks as folks are. We'll take you and get you a haircut at a place that doesn't blow dry. We'll take you and get you a haircut at a place that only works with men's hair and doesn't blow dry. And the, the most expensive haircut, well, I'll take it back. But he has a razor haircut that's like 70 bucks. He used to say a straight razor in your hair, but that's about as fancy as it gets. We'll bring you out. And then I'll ask you to read some of the things you write about us. I'll ask you to open CNN one day and we'll go through one of these trips that your reporters make into real America. And I'll say, Chris, does this sound like any of of the people you've met? For instance, we'll go back to the reporting about Liz Cheney or better yet, better yet, better yet. I'll turn to the words of someone you would regard as a Beltway Republican. I'll turn to the words of David French from National Review. 
Uh, now, he's now independent. But French had said recently that President Trump taught people, um, evangelicals, to not cons- no longer apologize, to not seek spiritual repentance, to disregard spiritual repentance, but also to disregard repenting of mistakes you've made of others or to others, mistakes you've made, ways you've harmed people. And I would ask him, Sit down and read what you wrote about David French. This article you guys promoted, French says that Donald Trump has made evangelicals mean. You've come to church with me now for a month. I'm going to ask you to come to my discipleship group, even though I don't even think you're discipled yet. I'm going to ask you to have breakfast with my friends. All of us are conservative. All of us are male. All of us live in the reddest of red states in the most conservative area. And I'm going to ask you to come to my gun club. And I'm going to tell you, someone at the gun club steps on your foot, they're going to say, oh man, I'm sorry, brother. Someone's late to an appointment, late to breakfast, they're going to walk in, well, breakfast is on me, gentlemen, I apologize for being late. You're going to come to my discipleship group and you're going to hear men in front of other men talk about the areas of their lives in which they need to repent. And then Chris, I'm going to ask you to read the garbage you guys write and promote about us and say, do you think any of this is fair? And we'll loop back over to the um, the Liz Cheney stuff here and go back to content with the boss man of CNN. And Chris Lucht, if my audience sends this to you, my podcast family, you get it. My promise to do this for a week, I consider it a legally binding contract. I mean it. I'll do it for a week for you. You just cover the travel expenses, no consulting fees. I'll do it in, with no promotion. I'll do it secretly. I consider this a legally binding offer. But you got to do it in the next three months. Because I don't want this hanging up my head forever. I just got a note from a friend of mine who uh, is trying Bonefrog wine. Now, do me a favor. If you try the wine, at least tell Crookshank, you heard it on the show. We don't, we don't talk about the wine here. And I'll tell you why. I don't drink wine. And I'll be further honest with you. I can't stand wine. I, I don't like wine culture, but Crookshank is far from wine culture. He's a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. Uh, he's not Mr. Wine Culture. He loves wine. He loves great, great, great drink. Uh, but we don't make any money on the wine. <laughs> To be honest with you, because I told I told Tim, I can't talk about wine, brother. I don't like it. My wife loves it, but she doesn't do the show. But coffee, oh, that's my bag. It's so cool to get a note from a friend saying, hey, we're going to be trying bone frog after our current bag of coffee runs out. And then my friend said, uh, hey, uh, and after our anniversary, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. Coffee for your anniversary. I'm going to give him bone frog coffee for the anniversary. When you go to bone frog, make sure you get a bonefrog.us. By the way, if you've not seen it, there's an interview there with me and Tim Cruikshank at bonefrog.us. And I talked to him about life um, in combat. Um, I talked to him about how the, the, the military is treating people. And then we get quickly into the coffee and why. So you can judge a man by how he interacts with others. And then there's the coffee. Every single roast is absolutely dynamic. And I'll tell you this. I'll give you a dare. If you've never liked light roast, try the Zen roast. Try it. I have always disliked light roast coffee until I tried the Zen roast from Bone Frog Coffee. And it changed my view. Not of light roast because most of them are terrible and, and not manly. Or not even womanly. 
Zen roast, it's the opposite. My very favorite of theirs is the medium roast called the bone frog roast. You get 5% off the subscription plan at bonefrog.us. Please make sure you use the .us so that Cruikshank knows it's coming from us and we know we're doing a good job for our partners, bonefrog.us. So continuing along the lines of this promise I'm making, the CEO of CNN, and it's a legally binding promise for the next 90 days. You pay for travel, fly me back, pay for accommodations, and I'll do this all, I'll do it for free. And, and if you think it's something to go get promotion for the podcast, yeah, you know what? That'd be really cool. Our podcast could really benefit from that, Chris. Uh, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I would like to see an honest television network. And I'm not back there to say I can fix anything. Because I'll tell you the main problem with CNN is you're godless. Sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I love you. I've never met you, but as you're created by God, therefore I'm called to love you. And so I do, man. CNN is godless. You guys promote godless beliefs because you have no God in your midst. Because you're unchurched. And people who do go to churches are going to the churches in New York, like churches that have... I can't believe this happened at a church. This is a, it's called the United Church of Christ. And they, they had a drag queen in, in a church in, in New York. And she actually, well, she, there I go, accidentally slipping into the language of the enemy. This man actually walked down the aisle in the church and was introduced as well, here, I'll let you hear this, but I was watching this and I saw the picture of this guy and it was clearly standing in a church and he was wearing a rainbow shirt. And I thought, what, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that St. James, St. Peter's? Where is this? It turns out it's the United so-called church of Christ. And this is what this sounded like in a church in New York City or a so-called church. Her name is Britta Filter, and she is the queen of New York. Yeah. She walks down the aisle. He walks down the aisle, shaking his hips, dressed like a stripper, dash prostitute, dash sick fantasy of what a so-called porn star would be. That is a woman who commits uh, sex acts on film for money. So I might talk to Chris as he stays out here in the, in, in the, the, the high mountains of free America. And as we go to church, I might ask him, do you, how do you feel about church? Have you been derided? Let's talk now. Let's, let's tell people who you are. Let's sit down with my discipleship group and say, hey, guys, can I tell you something? Um, he's not here reporting. We, we have a promise from Chris that none of this leaves here. But I want you to know that Chris is the CEO of CNN. And I want to see if people change the way they treat you. And I bet they will. I bet that there'll be some frustrations. I bet you'll see some angry faces. But you will now be in the room with people you've interacted with for a month. You've seen them apologize. You've seen them talk about repentance. You've been to the gun range with them. You've noticed that they are incredibly safety-minded. You've noticed they take great care to not muzzle sweep a person. 
You might have been taken to task a couple times for not paying attention within the gun range. You're going to notice that responsible. You're going to notice where they spend time with their kids. You're going to notice they tithe to their church. You're going to notice something about them. You're going to notice that they largely don't brag about money, that they largely don't brag about possessions. You're going to notice that they are anxious and ready to be the one to buy you breakfast, not knowing that you're CNN's boss. And then I might ask you this question. How does CNN treat us Christians? Go back and look at religious coverage. Go back and look at things like claiming there's no biblical support to believe God is against abortion. Go back and look at that, Chris. Go back and ask yourself in CNN's office, is there any diversity? Because there's not. There's no geographic diversity. There's no educational diversity. There's no ideological diversity. There's no lifestyle diversity. There's certainly no spiritual diversity. Go back into your office and look around and say, is there any possibility here that anyone here can fairly report on issues of faith? Can anyone here draw on, not, not a Bible you read in a class in college where you studied comparative religions, but is there anyone here who studies the Bible in morning devotionals with the hopes of being able to disciple their children who can say things like, no, do you understand that when God thinks of a thing or decides a thing, that thing has happened. It has already happened because God lives before and after time, alpha and omega. So when God decides there will be a Chris Lucked, there already is. Already he has decided you are life in his mind and he starts it all. When God conceives of a Chris Lucked, Chris Lucked exists. Is there anyone in your office in CNN who has that as a grounding, who in an editorial meeting can say on something like Roe versus Wade, wait a minute, are we actually unable to find pastors who can come and say, no, here's the, here's the biblical case for life because I know 200 of them and any of them will be glad to come on and talk about the reality of this from their perspective, biblical perspective. Are we really unable to find pastors who can speak truth in grace about drag queens or truth in grace about same-sex marriage? Or are we only able to find idiots like the, the Fred Phelpses of the world? who's passed on. So Chris, in that setting, Chris Lucked, you'd be challenged, brother. You'd be challenged because you would have sat with us. You'd see the cartoons you make of us and it's multiplied across the country because none of you live in America. You live in a tiny, small zip code. And then back to content. Liz Cheney coordinated an effort to prevent troop deployment on January 6th. So imagine having this conversation with Chris after he goes back to New York, the CNN boss, and calling him and saying, hey, can we talk? Chris, there is an article that is well-sourced. It's in The Federalist. Cheney herself seems to have orchestrated opposition to the use of the military to quell election-related unrest, allegedly organizing a Washington op-ed on Jan 3, 2021, signed by every living former defense secretary. 
All 10 living former defense secretaries involving the military said involving the military in election disputes could throw the country into dangerous territory. The headline read it went on to threaten any military official who thought any use of the military might be a good idea. Civilian and military officials who direct or carry out such measures would be accountable, including potentially facing criminal penalties for the grave consequence of their actions on a republic. The op-ed warmed. The op-ed was originally organized by Cheney, whose father was Secretary of Defense under George H.W. Bush before serving as President George W. Bush's vice president. Eric Eldman, a national security advisor to Dick Cheney, told the New York, the New Yorker, the Wyoming lawmaker was the one who generated the piece for the Post. Okay, we can debate that view. I'm sympathetic to that view because it's a small government view. Wait a minute, why are we bringing the military in? What are you talking about? But Chris Lucht, boss man of CNN, that's not a lead story. And I would wrap it up by saying, Chris, listen, brother, you can't have Republican trust when you are fluffing and pimping Liz Cheney as the savior of democracy, which is another phrase we can talk about because we're a republic. When you're not willing to turn on this and say, wait a minute, and to bring her on your network and say, wait a minute, you didn't want the National Guard. So how has this changed? And how did Cassidy Hutchison change? And we take it right back to content. CNN, Chris Lucht, you are curious about your reporters sent people into the field to interrogate Iowa um, farmers. A woman on her farm in Iowa, shell-shocked because a CNN reporter pulls up to her house at 8.15 in the morning and says, you posted Russian disinformation on Facebook. Did you know you posted Russian disinformation on Facebook? Did you know that? But your network can't find Ray Epps? Can't drive out and talk to him? And if we did this in a way where it's truth wrapped in grace, I've seen it. I've seen it work. Now, the people that I talked to about this, Walt Mossberg controls his column. He had the control over that. He didn't run the journal. The great meeting, and I've, I promised I would never give his name out, so I won't, but this great meeting I had with the gentleman at, at New York Times, uh, he Im- immediately called for a change. So if Chris Lucht is in fact the boss of CNN, when we get done with that whiteboard thing I talked about where we create a right whiteboard of what a balanced week of news would look like after he and I get to know each other, we'd put one together remotely. My hands aren't on it. My fingerprints aren't on it. And he would take that into his newsroom and say, this is what I want. This is what you have planned for the week. Here's what we're going to do. This, then, is the new CNN. Now, Chris, there's a hundred people who would do this for you. But there's few who do it for free. Maybe this guy. Going to current news. Nancy Pelosi is in, as I'm recording this, she's in Taiwan. And, of course, the story's been... The Chinese Communist Party says they're going to shoot down American military assets and shoot down Pelosi's plane. 
But the real story is something else. And this is another opportunity to share with Chris. If he and I were to develop a friendship, I could send this to Chris Lucht and go, hey, man, look at this guy. Get this guy on CNN. Better yet, let me ask you a question. Why is it that a guy with a Twitter account that has a pretty decent amount of following, and this guy's yoked, by the way, calls himself Flex. I don't know if this is his actual name. I, I doubt it. Flexitaro Malcomodo. And truly, he deserves the name Flex. He's just walking through the woods somewhere where he lives, just talking off the top of his head about the Pelosi trip. But what I'd say to Chris Lucht is, see, this viewpoint exists. And maybe you need to go spend some time with black conservatives after you spend some time with us in North Idaho. Listen to how this guy masters this. I'll tell you one thing. You don't get to be in politics for as long as someone like Nancy Pelosi has. Unless you know a few tricks and you know you know how to game the system. Basically, Pelosi is getting to cost the taxpayers $90 million for her nice little trip over to Taiwan. And what's it for? Not standing up for the CCP like everyone wants you to think. But instead, she gets to go get a private tour of the NVIDIA chip factory. Oh, yeah. She's got millions of stock on that she bought using insider trading information for pennies on the dollar. You heard me right. Insider trading. Pennies on the dollar. Not worth millions. And guess what? She knew that a act called the CHIPS Act, this $2 billion subsidy for semiconductor production, would pass. Which is why she went and had her investors spend all that money on those stocks. So now, Pelosi gets to look like a hero. Not just a hero, she gets to look like a hero that stood up to the CCP. Much like when she did her whole Tiananmen Square stunt. Not the beginning of her career. Meanwhile, China gets infamous. But this goes to Taiwan. The Taiwanese people will suffer. Americans, yeah, we're going to suffer because China's going to levy economic sanctions on us in response. And Pelosi gets to laugh all the way to the bank. Because now she's got people so to the boss of CNN, that man did that off the top of his head. Then he went home and added the Donald Trump music to it, the apprentice music to it, which is actually, of course, not, it's, it's a cover song. Was it Atlanta rhythm section? I don't remember. And off the top of his head provides a viewpoint that has never been on CNN. Why? Well, we take it right back up to the top of this, Chris Lucht and CNN. What freaks out liberals, and you are all liberals, is limited governance. We know that. What you're unable to see is past a mm, 20 block radius. What you're unable to relate to is anything outside of that 20 block radius. There's no godliness in your network at all. And I've even touched on the number of people in your network who've been taught trying to rape little kids. That's a huge problem. And I might say, to wrap it with Chris Locked, I hope you get the network turned around. But have you met Jesus? Now, can you imagine 
all the things Hollywood people have been told about us. Not just conservatives, but conservative Christians. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I should invite him here during the winter. When he might need a toe. Or might need his drive shoveled. Or plowed. And to see how many people show up for the new guy. Like happened to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we moved here. We had about three and a half feet of snow. The first things we did is I took the snowblower out. And people knew I was new. Three men from this neighborhood showed up and said, looks like a small unit. Maybe you need some help. This past winter, I was out shoveling before the shoulder surgery. Down drives the neighbor, our brother with a Jeep. Never met him. Comes out of the hills. Man, are you hand shoveling? Yeah. I kind of like the exercise. Let me pull the Jeep in there. I'll get thing that, that done for you real quick. No, you know what? I so appreciate that. Let me ask you a question. Could you head down to my neighbor's house? They're elderly. It's right down, it's right down here. Go down the drive past the tree and the lake and it's right there. Oh, I know them. And he went and did that. That might be the thing that's most fundamental to the change. So Chris Luck, CEO of CNN, I'm making you a legally binding promise. Your network pays for my travel and my stay in New York. And I will come and do all these things for free. Genuinely, because I want a balanced network. That promise is good for 90 days. Contingent upon you promising to let me fly you out. Let me put you up out here in Idaho. I'll just ask you to stay for four weeks. Now, that's going to be a lot of money for me, Chris. I might need to fundraise for that. Guys, we send this to CNN. Post it, send it to Chris Lucht. Put it on social media to CNN. It's a legally binding promise. I consider it a contract offer that expires in 90 days. Oh, you got to come to church with me, Chris. Got to come shooting. Breakfast, discipleship group, all that stuff. That's all in the deal, brother. You can work from here. I checked. We still have phones. We even got them fancy wireless phones and wireless banjos. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let's all try to be right with God.